What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet tail. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington. And I'm Barry Horn. Simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast, sports podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Well, and, and you are who? Thanks. I don't know who I am. If you would anymore. pay attention, well, because every you, your leading changes every podcast are you, are you, we do. Well, I, I, I'm yeah, I, to sometimes, you. sometimes you say, and that's Barry Horn. Sometimes you wait for me to say Barry Horn. It's so so far we wait, we've spent way too long introducing it, you. And now let's introduce. Why? It's, let's it's never too long. Our guest, John Mashota. John, it's great to have you on. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. <laughs> He's clearly shocked about that. Football here, and uh, and but I know you guys are probably going to ask me about Ezekiel Elliott and some of the other stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm ready to go. Is All he right. done? Are we are we are we not going to see him for the next six weeks? Uh, what is that? You guys are. Are we not? What do you say? Are we going to see Zeke in the next six weeks playing for the Dallas Cowboys? You know, I don't have any legal background, but ju- judging by everybody else on Twitter that seems to be uh, writing about this, not many other people seem to know which way this is going to go. So I'm going to say we are. Uh, it doesn't appear that that's the case as of right now, but when everything that involved in this whole Ezekiel Elliott off the field uh, situation, uh, nothing has followed the path that I think anybody predicted. Um, you know, two or three months ago, heck, even a week ago. So I will say that, yeah, he's going to play. Uh, I don't know if he'll be out there for the 49ers game on Sunday, but I don't think he's going to be sitting out the next six. Yeah, this is uh, a, a crazy situation. There's no question about that. I, I would have, I, I was not of the opinion early on that all of this stuff was having an impact on him uh, and his play. I thought it was mostly just a case of this offensive line not playing very well. Uh, at this point going forward, even if he were to come back, I'd have to think it would. You know, I, there, there's, it seems like there'd be more of a feeling, am I going to get jerked off the field uh, out here at any time? So you, you're going to have a lot of things that, that, could, uh, that could happen here. Yeah, no, for, for sure. I think the, the most interesting part of it, though, right now is how so many people want to talk about well, if you're Ezekiel Elliott, shouldn't you just sit these six out right now and just get it over with? Or then there's even the hypothetical of, well, where they're at right now, maybe it's best that he sits the six out. I think people are losing uh, a little bit. They're, they're forgetting the part that this guy doesn't think he did anything wrong. If you didn't think you did anything wrong, why would you serve a suspension? Not to mention the, the millions of dollars he's going to lose by missing those games. If you didn't think you did anything wrong, I don't understand why you would serve the suspension and just give in now. Uh, I don't think that's happening from him or his side. They're going to fight this thing to the end. But going back to what you said earlier, though, in terms of how it's going to affect him on the field, I personally don't think it has. Um, you know, I, I think I don't think he's 
there's something about the way he's played that I don't think he's quite as been as dynamic as he was last year. But I also think that has something to do with the offensive line just hasn't had uh, – they're not just creating the openings that they did last year where he can kind of build some momentum and kind of get something going. And I thought it was happening these past two games, um, and, I, and I feel it's trending more in the direction of where it was last year. But the way the season started, um, I just thought the offensive line was going to click better than they did right off the, right off the get. And because they haven't, I think it's, it's all been a trickle-down effect to where not only is it affecting Ezekiel, it affects the entire offense. Now, now that Kevin's given us a dead spin outtake, uh, so, something that everybody will will be on. No, don't don't give me that. You did you it. Know, you know, only you of the, of the people in there. Only you're the one that thought that. So let's magnify that and move on. Okay, but everybody here knows what we're talking about. And then, so, but let me ask you this: the the bye week did it come at a good time or a bad time for the Cowboys? I really don't think it comes at a great time for them, uh, just because. I thought that they were playing well these last couple of weeks. I know that they didn't get wins, but they appear to be getting closer to what they were um, in, in previous, at least last season when everything started to click for them. Now, you know, the defense is what the defense, what we thought it was going to be, and, and they've let them down these last couple of games. But I, I really, this team is built around this offense, and I felt like it was starting to uh, get back to the 2016 form. Um, so I, I think that it had been better off for them to keep playing. And then the other part is that other than the, the Sean Lee hamstring injury, they've been relatively healthy. So you really haven't needed this break to really get anybody back. I really felt like even if they didn't have uh, this this break, I felt like Sean Lee was going to play this this past weekend anyway. I think he was getting closer and closer. So I don't think it comes at the greatest time. Um, but you know, you know, they don't get to pick it, so they just got to do the best that they can. Now, now comes the long haul. Um, I think the best thing for them, even though they sit back at the bye and they look around the rest of the NFC East and everybody else won, I think one of the other big things that come from it is they can look around and say, well, I don't really think there's any other unbeatable teams in the NFC and maybe not in the NFL as it is. So for starting two and three, um, I, I don't think that they should be t- too down on, on themselves and not thinking that they can't still make a run because it, it really does appear like the NFC is wide open. You know, on the, on the defensive side, the, the big uh, – uh, uh, point of curiosity for me is that here what the Cowboys have needed all along was a pass rush so they get a pass rush you know Demarcus Lawrence is having a, a Pro Bowl year he's just been terrific and yet the defense still stinks and basically because now they can't stop the run um, and the linebacker play has been very poor and they're not getting much production out of the secondary either uh, and that was probably to be expected considering how the, the turnover back there and the, and, the, and the guys they've got playing why is it that they're struggling so much to stop the run? Well, Sean, Sean um, Lee, we said it. Well, I, I Sean Lee would be where I'd start. Um, I think they're a different defense than Sean Lee's out there. Uh, with that being said, I just I really didn't feel like this defense was going to be any bit better, really, than it was the last couple of years. This is still going to be a team that has to win with its offense, and really, in the NFL nowadays, as I said, there just really isn't a dominant team. You really don't have to be this complete team on both sides of the ball. With that being said, these last two games are games they they won last year. They just when the offense played the way that they did uh, against the Rams and 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 against the Packers, those are games that they closed out, but they couldn't get to stop late. So, yeah, I mean, Sean Lee being out is, is is a big part of it. But you, I mean, you have guys in there that you think could get the job done. It just they don't have the that just isn't the strong part part of their team. I, I just I don't know. I mean, I know fans are, get get annoyed with them because they can't make these key stops, but it just we haven't seen them make these key stops over the last three or four years, so I just I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon. I mean, they've invested in the defense in early in the draft, but they have to do that in multiple drafts 
to get it to where it, the defense is the strength on this team, and I just don't see that happening in the next year or two. What uh, in in the secondary? Since uh, I brought up, I kind of went over the whole group there. Uh, well, let's let, before we get to the secondary, let's talk about the linebacker play. So Sean Lee will be back, uh, and of course, last week Anthony Hitchens was, or two weeks ago, Anthony Hitchens was back against the Packers, uh, and uh, he had a he had one really good moment uh, where he uh, knocked down a pass in the end zone, or at least close to the end zone. Uh, but then he had a, 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 a moment later in the game where both linebackers in the game at that time went one way and um, uh, Aaron Rodgers went the other way on the, on the long run that set up uh, the yeah, touchdown. Yeah, play. Yeah. So it, it's, it's almost like uh, th- this team, uh, uh, and we've talked about that obviously, they, that's been the, the weak point of the team has been defense for several years now uh, and, and making plays like that is – is there any hope on this roster right now at linebacker? I know that Navarro Bowman was a possibility before he signed with Oakland. Uh, is it uh, is it any kind of help going to have to come from within for the Cowboys? I think the best thing that can happen to them is to get Sean Lee back and for Sean Lee to stay healthy. Because if he's out there and he's healthy, then that, I mean, again, we've talked about before, this isn't really your traditional defense where you have three linebackers on the field at all times. You're, you're basically playing two. And if Lee's out there all the time, then really you only have to worry about one other spot, and, and that being the middle spot with Anthony Hitchens and, and Jalen Smith. I think that you, if you have all three of those guys playing, I think they're going to be pretty strong at linebacker because Jalen Smith playing 60 plays, is, that's just not the right, right thing to do right now. That's criminal. I, mean, I know they did it. They, they had to do it because they were, they were thin at the position with Sean Lee being out. That's but criminal. Your best set of Jalen Smith right now is going to be him playing 25, 30 plays. And that's what it looks like it'll be now with Anthony Hitchens back. With that being said, Anthony Hitchens was dealing with an injury to start the season. The hamstring injuries, we all know by following the Cowboys how common those things are and how those things can flare up and, and, and get worse. So um, there's no guarantee that those guys are going to all be out there. But your greatest hope in at linebacker would be that all three of them can stay healthy and on the field. And if they do, I think they'll be fine there. But that's asking a lot because of the injuries in the past, and I think that's why you would kick the tires on a Navarro Bowman. Uh, if they were given the opportunity, obviously he stayed in uh, the Bay Area by, by signing the one-year deal with Oakland. But that's why you kick the tires on somebody like that if you get the opportunity because you really do need another linebacker in there that you can count on. Now that next guy up would be Damian Wilson, but I don't think Damian Wilson right now is at the same level as a Navarro Bowman. So if you can upgrade it, you try. But really they need they need those three guys to stay healthy. You know, the problem for Jalen Smith, even if you cut his uh, uh, snaps down from, you know, you're right, and 60 was ridiculous and, and uh, to get it down to 25 or 30. But the, the point is, it's not so much that he's being exposed because, well, he's just worn out, you know, that, that he's playing a lot of uh, plays here. He just doesn't have the speed at this point to cover running backs coming out of the backfield. You watch him on his, in his straight-ahead stuff, he's, he's pretty good. But when he has to go side-to-side, side, that's where he really struggles. And, and to me, if he's playing 25 plays or he's playing 10 plays or 15 plays, he's still going to get in trouble uh, in those kinds of uh, situations. And so a team, an opponent is going gonna, is gonna to look at that and they're going to see him out there and they're going to they're gonna make him the focal point, I think, of, of what they use to try to beat the Cowboys. So I, I think, to me, that's the big problem here is that Jalen Smith got rushed back uh, and there, and by the Cowboys who were trying to trumpet this as, oh, my gosh, he's just going to be an unbelievable player. And, and and we said all along that that was unfair to him to, to say that and have those expectations. And now we're seeing that it's not, it's not just a matter of it being bad public relations. 
it's just a bad job of planning. You know, you did if you, if 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 you didn't have the faith in Damian Wilson to come in and be a guy who fill in when J, if Jalen couldn't make it, if you really believed all that and you didn't think uh, Damian Wilson was good enough, well then shame on you. I think they also did it to give build some confidence with Jalen Smith to get him out there and uh, and maybe the more he played, the more comfortable he'd get and. and uh, maybe you'd get a better process out of them. I think they, they also fa- they factored that in as well. With that being said, I think you can do that at 30 snaps. I don't think you need to be giving them 60. And I, th- I think that was too much to put them in a bad spot. But I think it's interesting also with what happened to Aaron Rodgers recently and the way the Packers have handled that compared to the way the Cowboys handle it. And, and, and it was interesting that you mentioned the thing about Jalen Smith and how you know it's a disservice to him. To, you know They wanted to bring him back, and they, they've talked it up about what kind of player he's going to be when he comes back. And just the way the Packers have handled everything with Aaron Rodgers makes me think about that a lot because he has this collarbone injury. He's going to have surgery on it. Same thing as Tony Romo. Well, when that happened to Tony Romo, what was Jerry Jones doing? He was going on the radio talking about how we could have Tony back in six to eight weeks, whatever. Look at the way the Packers handle it. They're already saying that, yeah, he's probably done for the season. If Jerry Jones was the owner of the Packers right now, do you really believe that he would be sitting there and saying, yeah, we're, we're without Rodgers for the rest of the season. So uh, we got this Hunley kid. This is our guy. No, Jerry Jones would be doing his radio show up in Green Bay saying about, well, Rodgers isn't done. You know, a bone heals in six weeks, and, right. and uh, he could be back in eight. And, and that's just the difference with the Cowboys than it is with, with other teams. Now, I, I do believe that you should get Jalen Smith out there because I do think getting on the field builds confidence, especially being away from the game for a year and with that injury. I just don't think that he ever should have been on the field for 60-plus play. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Aaron Rodgers, there's been lots of speculation uh, nationally that Tony Romo could just walk right out of the booth and right into to the huddle uh, of the Green Bay Packers. Um, what is, what's your take on that, John? I just think that's a terrible fit. Uh, he needs a good offensive line in a running game, and they have neither. I mean, they're you know, it's, it's funny covering the Cowboys, but then also keeping up with other writers that cover other teams. And, and, and there's a lot of, lot of Cowboys fans I, I've I feel on social media that, that think that they're bit by the injury bug. You look at the Green Bay Packers, that's a team that just is constantly dealing with injuries, even before the Rodgers issue. I mean, they were rotating. Their yeah. offensive line never stayed the same five guys. The, the Cowboys have had a luxury of, I mean, really without switching out Chaz Green and Jonathan Cooper, for the most part, they've had all their guys healthy up front to, to try and work this thing you know, in the right direction. The Packers haven't had that luxury at all. I mean, they're one of their main running backs, whereas 88, I mean, because they've had to move so many guys around right. to different positions. There's just, that that team is just, it, I don't I don't see how that's a fit for a guy that's dealt with his own collarbone and back issues uh, to go there and, 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 and fix Green Bay. It just doesn't seem like uh, the right fit for him. I understand, the you know, being from Wisconsin, that makes sense, and that's a team he grew up watching and idolizing Brett Favre, but... Other than the fact of just to get his name in the headlines, I don't think there would just be any real truth behind I don't, anything I, like that. And then, when's the last time he's played football? That's, you know, that's, mean, that's, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. He, was, he You just can't roll out of the booth onto the field. Uh, you know, he, 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 he would need to get into shape. Besides, he's got, a, he's got the best of, of, of the broadcasting world in front of him. Why give that up? You know, if he walked out of the booth tomorrow, there's no guarantee. In fact, there's none that he that he would. There's no guarantee. In fact, there's none. none. That's, yeah, that's that's good. good. <laughs> but but to, you know that there would be a job for him when, when if he when he wanted to come back. You know, things happen. Crazy crazy things happen. He'd be insane. But he's playing a game with people. You know, he's like, was that my last pass? The famous line. That, but he said that before he got hurt. 
He Bef- said that before, before Rogers got hurt. Yeah, he said that before Rogers got hurt, and they had the perfect opportunity to bring it up. Tony, do you want to come back? They were on the air after Rogers got hurt. All Jim Nance yeah, has. You don't think oh, he'd get oh. another? You don't hold on. You don't think he'd get another TV job when he's out there predicting the plays before they happen? Well, everybody he, loves him. Everybody loves him, but you know what? Somebody up prettier, uh, somebody's hand, more handsome, somebody more urbane, somebody more astute, somebody who's even better than him could come along, and he he would become yesterday's news like that. He'd be crazy. Crazy. He would be crazy. Here's to the, walk away from that. Here's and the, he he doesn't want to. He's not going no. to. If, this is this if, is if all this, nonsensical. If this had happened before the season started, if this had happened back in August, I would have think there was a possibility he would consider it. Because then he could have gone up there and he could have had training camp and he could have gotten to know these guys and walk in. Because look, here's the thing. Uh, first of all, if Anthony Barr makes that hit on Tony Romo. Uh, they have to use a dustpan. Yeah, absolutely. To get to yeah, break. he's watching that. He knows that. Absolutely. So that's the one thing. The second thing is, it's like well, he's in the best possible position now. Not only because he has a great broadcast, but because everybody wants him. Because everybody says Tony would be so. Oh, Tony, you'd be great. You'd be wonderful up there. He goes up there and plays poorly, which is entirely possible. Oh, absolutely. Right? Or gets hurt. Or gets hurt. Then everybody's going to go. Oh. Yeah. What a disaster that yeah, was. Absolutely. Wouldn't you rather have everybody think, we want you to be there, we think you'd be great, uh, than to go up there and prove that you that He's, you playing, he's playing games with people. Well, I don't know. He is. But, I, when, he but is. when we see Adam Schefter, who's a, a former Ballsy podcast uh, guest. Uh, Worst guest in history. Maybe. Maybe he was. Yeah. But, but, but who was, who's out there? He's tweeting it. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, I, I, am, I am stunned by that. If... If there was any inclination on anybody's part to do this, if if Tony Romo would not be smart enough to say, you know what, no, I'm not doing that, uh, then I, I'm just. But he's I'm just stringing. He's just string. But he's. A, it's very he's, simple to end the speculation. Sure, it is. It's very look. I'm staying at CBS. This is ridiculous. I'm retired. I'm not coming back. Right. Has he said that? No. No. I think maybe he's, he doesn't say it because what he he ho- likes what's the, he well, likes he, he likes it, but he's also leaving the door open for next year. If he says, oh my. Hey. What are you kidding me? I think he would. So you guys think, in a way, then, that all of his uh, time around Jerry Jones is rubbed off on him? Yes. Because there's nothing Jerry loves more than his name in the headlines. P.T. Barnum. Yeah, as long as it's not for anything, you know, off the field, negative, players getting in trouble. But if you can rip the Cowboys all you want, but as long as you're talking about them, they're happy. And, and it certainly sounds like that's what you guys are saying about Romo. But Romo, but nobody's ripping Romo here. You know, it's like... Yeah, he's a hero. He's, he's a hero. He's he's really good in the booth. He's, he's because let's ask, let's look look at it this way. When he was playing, how often was he a hero? There are a lot of people who hate Tony Romo and who hate him for many. Oh, there are people. I'm talking about nationally. There are people who yes, you know, you, well, other, they hate I don't know if they hate him. Hate him. Uh, I don't know if they hate him as more as they thought he was overrated. A guy that if the game was close in the fourth quarter, he was probably going to choke it away. I think that was his national reputation. Absolutely. I don't think there's a dislike for him. Oh, I think there's a dislike for him. I think there's a, there's a dislike for him among other players. You know because, why? You know why I don't think there's a dislike for him? Why? You have to win something to be disliked, and they never won at that highest level. No, but no, the only but, reason he might have been disliked is because he no, was the Cowboys. But that's the well, that's that's, that's, good, the that's good point. enough because because as people will tell you, half the people watch the Cowboy games because they like the Cowboys. The other half of the people watch on the national scene. Watch the Cowboy games because they hate the Cowboys. And Absolutely, see, and they want to see the Cowboys be and and, and just because what you said, John, is the reason why they don't like Tony Romo. 
Is other other players are out there going? Why is this guy get so much attention? He's never won anything, and that is why they resent Tony Ramos because of that. And so, so anyway, the point is, is that this is the this is the one time in his life where he looks like a hero. You know, he could, he could go back and play. He could bail out the Packers. He's doing a great job on on TV. People like him. You know, because he because he lived up to this moment, right? I mean, every, there was all this hype about whether he'd be good or not in the broadcast booth, and and we and I was just stunned to think that people would think he would walk right in and be good. Well, he, he is. He is good. He is good. So so you've lived up to that, and you've proven to be what everybody uh, who was behind you hoped you would be. So so why so why desert all well, that? Let now? me point this out. Let's say Tony Romo did go back, was foolish enough to go back and this play. year. This year. So do you think CBS? would ever trust him again, here's what CBS would do. We're going to go out and get a bigger name than Tony Romo. We'll, we'll throw caution to the wind. How, Mr. Peyton Manning, would you like to come in here and, and have yeah, this everybody's job? everybody's waiting on Peyton Manning. How, would you like to come in here and have this job, you know, rather than go run the Indianapolis team or, or go run a team? Don't be John Elway, too. Would you like to come in here? Then what? Then where does that leave Tony Romo? I guess he's asking you, John. Uh, <laughs> well, Fox, uh, is, is, Fox is happy with Troy Aikman. Uh, NBC's happy know, with Chris Collinsworth. He has one of the three <laughs> top jobs in the NFL broadcasting. If he walked away from and 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 he's golden at it right now. If he walked away from that, he'd be foolish. It is foolish. It would be foolish. But I, I really I think if he still felt like he was in his prime, didn't have the injury history, and really thought he could come in there and help the Packers lead them to a Super Bowl, he'd walk away from that job in a second. But I don't think in his heart of hearts he believes that though. He, he he might not. That's that's a good question. It's all been very interesting to me. Uh, his thought process behind all of this, uh, and uh, I was surprised that he was so eager to do TV. But maybe because he maybe felt because like he, he's hurt. I can he, be, he's, no, well that. But I think he thought I can re- be really good at this. He watches the games. He, he's saying what everybody's going to do. If I were on the air, look what I would do. And obviously he knew that. And and uh, and he, and he is. Doing or it. or he knew. Hey, my body can't take this anymore. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's probably. I'm sure that's well, his wife at home, and now he's got three boys. He he wants to be around. He he, does, he doesn't want to be limping around. You know what? what but how many are. how many players make that decision really? Make make the wise decision? Yeah, not many because because they. You know what makes them great players? It's like I always say about boxers. What makes a great boxer is he's never he never knows when he's been beaten, and he stands out there and he takes punches and th- maybe he'll land a, a lucky punch later on, and and that's what makes, you know, sure. the, the, the raging bulls, Jake Lamada, uh, you know, things like that. But it, it's it's insane, uh, you know, uh, he's playing with us. He's just toying with people with what he's saying yeah, and what he's not saying. Why not? Why not? I'm, I, I, listen, you don't you don't think the network's not saying to him? Yeah, let this go. Let this let this drift. You know, let people talk about. Oh it. shit! Yeah, did you? Oh, thank you, thank you for reading my. Uh, no, my, I, did, did you write that? <laughs> thank you. Yes, he's I, he's, a, he's know, the greatest PR CBS has ever had. I have a I have I have a uh, a limit that I go so far. If I got to sit here with on, with you on the podcast, you won't read read me won't. before. No, no, no. That's a lie. Of course I do. So you're not coming over to my house for dinner tonight? <laughs> because uh, if you reach your limit. <laughs> Maybe so. John, we know that you have got a discussion coming up. Uh, you have a big lawsuit, I believe, against the uh, Dallas Cowboys. That's what our headline writers that's, that's what that's that's what our headline writers would write. Yeah, that, that's what we're going with. We're going with that anyways. And you've got to talk to your lawyers and your insurance people and get all that straightened out. 
Uh, so and your uh, PR, yes, your PR people, yeah. and your handlers, <laughs> your body, your your bodyguards. Yeah, now John, it's always great to have you on. Appreciate it, John. Are you going out to San Francisco? I'll be out there. Oh, Kevin will be there, too. I'm, I'm going to be out there, too. Of course, all you guys went over to the expensive hotel, and I'm in the cheap hotel. So, uh, well, well, what hotel are you, what, what cheap hotel are you at? I'm at, the, I'm at the Courtyard, and you guys are all at the Marriott. Which one? We Which Marriott? Union really Square Marriott? We got in when the schedule came out. Yeah. Well, I, I, had a, I was told that Kate was over there. I thought I'll keep Kate company over at the Courtyard Marriott. And instead, okay, she switched hey, one of the over. reasons why this is my first time staying at the at the airport Marriott, and one of the ones I was pumped about this is because I watched the uh, football life on Steve Young, and I guess he used to stay there all the time, and he'd watch the uh, he watched the planes leave all the time. Wait a minute, because he would just think about how bad he wanted to get out of San Francisco because he was behind Joe Montana you're, you're, and he wanted another opportunity with another team. Wait a minute, you're not even staying at the Union Square Marriott. No, no, we're staying you out there the by the airport, airport Marriott because it's close to the stadium. It's the San Francisco airport, airport Marriott. It's yeah. really nice. It's really nice. Well, Steve Young stayed there. I've stayed there many a night. Did they and, have the and, Steve and, Young room? I, I'm yeah, say, you should ask for stay in the Steve, Steve Young room. Young's room. That's the room I requested. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you got to go. Thanks, John, for coming on with us. We appreciate it. It'll be, uh, it'll be a check in the mail for you. All right. You guys have a good day. John. There goes John Machoda. Is it Machoda or Machoda? Machoda. I never knew that. Yeah, <laughs> he's only worked with us for I don't know a couple I, of years. I, I get everybody's name. Barry wrong. Hearn. I, that's okay. <laughs> Call me what you want. As long as as long as on the paycheck it says H O R N. Yeah, that's true. That's all we care about. So so we 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 talked with him about uh, Tony Romo. We talked to, uh, with him about uh, Ezekiel Elliott and that situation. Jalen Smith. There will be a you know by the time that you hear this podcast, uh, there's a possibility there'll be some resolution on the Ezekiel Elliott situation. The owners' meetings are this week. David Moore of the Dallas Morning News is in New York this week. And SportsDFW and SportsDFW.com and a frequent ballsy guest. Uh, and uh, to to find out exactly what the owners are going to do uh, about the na- about the national anthem, we, we national didn't even anthem. talk about the national. No, we anthem. didn't. We can talk about it now. Here's here's what I think they should do, and it will be rectify the entire situation. Very simply. Uh oh, here it comes the proclamation from up high. Yeah, the Kevin Sherrington proclamation of the week. What when should they, they do, Kevin? When they play the national anthem, yeah, the players should all be standing or sitting or kneeling in the locker room. They used to they used to have it where they were not outside for the national anthem. They should just go back to that, put them in the locker room, play the national anthem, and then the players come out after that. What what if, what if the cameras catch them kneeling in in the locker in room? The locker room? <laughs> that, that that'll happen. I promise you, well, that'll happen. He, he, not not if it's uh, not if it's from one of the sponsors. They're not going to do that. The NFL's not going to like that. So to me, it's just the easiest thing in the world to fix. That's all you have to do is do that. And then, you know, we can still have the discussion uh, about protests. And if, if, if players want to talk about it let me ask you with this. the media, that's fine. Let's go, let me ask you this. There's another quarterback. Isn't Colin Kaepernick, Kaepernick, Kaepernick. from Wisconsin? He is, is he from Wisconsin? I believe he is. I didn't know How that. come there's not all this talk about him coming back to play for the Packers? You know, I talked to John Wooten, uh, a, uh, a, for, a longtime NFL man, played in the league. Um, you know who he blocked for? You know who he blocked for? He blocked for Jim Brown. Thank he blocked you blocked for much. Jim Brown. Yeah, I could have blocked for Jim. Brown. He was yeah. He was Jim Brown's roommate, as a matter of fact, and they uh, were partners in many things and very good friends, and they still are to this day. And uh, uh, he told me last week when I talked to him that if Colin Kaepernick had handled this the right way, he thinks there are a couple of teams that would have signed him. And what would the right way would have, what would the right way have been? 
did he say? He said uh, that, well, first of all, he should have sat down with the, his coach and general manager before all this started and explained what his uh, thoughts were. And then he, because he, I, I ex, uh, explicitly asked him, uh, what would you have told him to do? Right. And that's what he said. And then he said, I would have, we would have talked about going about this a different way. Um, and the way that he would have done it was the way they did it with Muhammad Ali in 1967 at the Ali Summit when Jim Brown and John Wooten and Willie Davis and Curtis McClinton and uh, uh, several other people, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, all met in Cleveland. Uh, this was after Ali had um, refused to be inducted into the draft. And, uh, and, he, and they all stood behind. They all, first of all, wanted to hear what his thoughts were. Are you willing to go to jail for this, really? You know, are you really a conscientious objector? And they asked him all these questions in private. And then when they came out for the press conference, they all stood with him. But you, but you know why? Ali was a great boxer. I mean, he, he was a great fighter. A oh, great yeah, boxer. He, 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 yeah, sure. He, he, he was great. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick is not. He's not great. great no. So you can, you, you can get away with things. Well, the point the point was though, and I think Ali was what, invested. Well, yeah, sure, but the point was that, that John was making, and I think it's a good one, is that uh, all right? Well, it didn't help Ali any because two weeks later he was convicted of, of, of draft evasion, and then he was, and then that, that was eventually overturned in five years. But the point was, we saw the biggest names in sports standing behind Muhammad Ali. Uh, we have not seen that with for Colin Kaepernick, at least. The visual of seeing these guys sitting at that table is pretty impressive. And if we, and, and what John Wooten tells me is that Jim Brown, who disagreed with his stance as far as the flag, Jim Brown did not think it was – who was offended by the fact that he knelt during the national anthem. But, but Jim Brown would still stand behind him for his right to protest, which is the same take that I have on that, is that I, I was offended by the, by the, uh, the gesture as well. But – uh, I certainly think that, and I've said this all along, Richard Sherman never has a problem expressing an opinion. I don't always agree with him, uh, but he never has a problem. And we will always afford him that opportunity to say whatever he wants. The media would never walk away from Richard Sherman. We would never walk away from Colin Kaepernick if he wants to talk about what it is that bothers him in this country. People will listen to him all day long you know, if he wants to talk. That's what he should have done to me instead of taking a gesture that was divisive. A gesture that immediately offended a, a great, uh, maybe even a majority of Americans. It, to me, it's never a good idea if you want to have a dialogue with somebody and you want to express your concerns about something and you do something to insult them right away. Right away, you're causing those people to say, I don't want to hear what you have to right. say anymore. You know, I'm offended by that. And they turn and walk away. That's that's not effective to me to do that kind of thing. So uh, at any rate, uh, I think that uh, uh, I don't even know. How, how do we even got on this whole thing about John Wooten? I don't even know why I brought that up. You, you, you wanted to bring it up. You, and, you said you sent me a note. You, you said me know. Bring up John Wooten. I want to talk about John Wooten. I want to say something about John Wooten, who's 80 years old. He's one of the most impressive uh, individuals I've ever talked to in sports. I don't, and I don't even, you know, I didn't even really get to know John until the last couple of years. And he's been in this market forever, you know. Yeah. He yeah. worked 16 years he, for he, the Cowboys. He did, yeah. Yeah, in scouting and personnel from 1975 to 1991. So he bridged the, the new. Maybe we should have him on the podcast. He'd be great. I'm going to tell you something. 80 years old. You you know, I ask, he's a lot like Tim Brando. You ask a question and he just starts talking. He never repeats himself. He never he never stutters. He never, you know. Let's have he, him on the podcast next oh, week. What's that? We'll have him on. He'll be great. We'll, we'll, we'll call Evan. We'll have Evan call him to see if he'll he come. He was on the outside the lines yesterday, as a matter of fact. Well, the. 
if 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 you have a, a rapport with him, and I used to have a rapport with him, I just haven't talked to him in a while. Let's get him on. Sure. We'll have him on. Okay. He's great. It's your assignment. To Especially get after we figure out if, if something's been resolved uh, about the situation, which I don't think it will be. But You, you don't think that it'll, the owners will get it done this week? How, how, what else are you going to do? You can't. What you suggested. Have if you do something like that, players or players to me that's the way to do it. And I think, that, frankly, the players would be relieved by that. Uh, that. There's no pressure on them to do something one way or the other. Uh, and I think you take the pressure off everybody that way. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very simple thing to do, and it doesn't mean that the protest is over. It doesn't mean that people have to shut up and they can't talk about this. Sure, they can talk about it if they want to. It's fine. Uh, you can talk about it all day long. We're just not going to have this visual of you uh, kneeling during the national anthem. But that's what it's all about. It is, it's, it's, it is it's, now. It's the, the TV cameras, the, the, we're in a very visual society. Sure we are. And if you, if Once you see it, ask Ray Rice of, sure. w- about that. Absolutely. All right, so I think we should move on. What what other podcasts do we have? Well, we have, we have a college uh, podcast in which Tim Brando came on and spoke to us, as he always does, promoting a six- or eight-team expanded playoff Yeah, format. I thought it was interesting where he said he, he would like to see – I think he said he would like to see – uh, pandemonium and chaos uh, in, in the CFP. So the, it'll, come, it'll come. The it'll push the, it. It'll push it towards the next level, which would be an expanded play. And by that he meant if there were two teams from the same conference. In I thought the it was I thought it was also interesting. He pointed out that if there were two SEC teams, the Big Ten would go nuts. Or if there were two Big Ten teams, the, the SEC, SEC would, would go, go nuts. nuts. And 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 you know. And I, I, I'll just say this. I still think there's a very good chance the Big 12 gets shut out. Sure, there's a chance that they get shut out. There's a chance. Well, somebody's going to get shut out. Uh, the big, the Pac-12. Well, the, the Pac-12, 12, they had a very bad weekend. In the yeah, the Pac-12 doesn't look very good. I, I don't think. Uh, just from the games I've seen and, and watched. And you, you watched that, that Cal-Washington State game. And, the, and Cal had, and Washington State was just coming off this big win over USC. And they just looked terrible. They look, they look like a, 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 you know, a, a very small team. Uh, so, I, I think there's yeah, there's a good chance that somebody's going to get out. How about we do this on the college podcast? What, what does that mean? You want to wrap this up? <laughs> oh, that's a producer. What's his name again? Brian Elledge. Brian Elledge wraps it up. He's got to be somewhere. We've got to go. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.